Hello everyone, and just a quick message from us at the BHA podcast. Um, we've been uh, given another another code uh, for a bit of money off at Lombardi's Edinburgh online uh, bespoke clothing store from the USA. Such things as NCAA, NHL, NFL, and MLB and MLS clothing. Um, the website is Lombardi's Edin E D I N dot com. Um, and Nick, there's a code for that, isn't there? Yep, you can save 10% at checkout by entering the code BUIHAPOD21. Yep, totally bespoke stuff, guys. Give it a go. It's in the danger zone. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Ooh, sorry. Oh, sorry. We're sorry we're laughing. It's just, that was bad timing. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the BIHA podcast. Hello, Nick, how are you doing? I'm very good. Rambo, yourself? I'm doing all right. Good since the last time we talked. How, did it feel, how does it feel being back on the uh, the hosting side of the pod? Um... Back to normal, I'm guessing, but uh, uh, I did thoroughly enjoy the last one, and it was uh, good of Essie to do that, and it was some uh, some good chat with some good coaches there. Yes, yeah. and uh, Nick and I are not alone today, everyone. Um, we are joined with a very special guest, and we'd like to welcome in uh, Liam Kirk. How are you doing, Liam? I'm very good, thank you. Thank you for having me. No problem at all. Um, so, uh, Liam, just to, uh, just to kick us off, I-, I think a lot of people know, obviously, you're uh, a bit about you, I would imagine. Most of the people that are listening are hockey people. Uh, but can you tell us just a little bit about how you got into hockey and, and where, where did you start about? Yeah, so, um, you know, I started uh, playing when I was around three. Uh, I'm pretty sure. You know, I've told this story a few times now, but, uh, you know, my parents, they went to go watch the Steelers when me and my older brother were younger. And he just started playing and I just kind of copied him growing up. And, uh, yeah, I just went from there, really. Um, so do you... Uh, did you say you played with your brother? Is does have you played alongside him a long time or? No, no. So I mean, we we played together maybe once in juniors around you know the the under ten age group when I was just uh, you know maybe four or five, but never never properly. But you know he's the reason I started playing. So uh, yeah, I just kind of looked looked up to him from a younger age. So you've got him to thank then for being on this podcast. yeah i have him to thank for a lot apparently (laughs) (laughs) um so um because nick and i um this might be the most we've ever researched anything but uh we went and had a little look at your elite prospects and i see you you started uh obviously started playing at quite a young age first stats are from under 16s but you played in the the midlands conference you tell us a bit about conference and how it's sort of how it's made up because a lot of people won't be familiar with that yeah, I mean, it's um, kind of, you know, there's, there's, so, uh, there's, I'm trying to think how many teams I think it's for. Uh, there's the Midlands, North, uh, South East, South West and Scotland, so five. Um, you know, and then um, you play in a little tournament uh, at the end of the junior hockey season. Um, you know, Midlands is made up from a few teams around the, you know, middle of England area and 
same with South East, South West. Um, uh, and then it's just kind of the best of the best at that age. Um, you know, it goes from under 11s up to under 17s. They come together, they form a team, and then they, they battle it out to, to be crowned the best um, conference team. So, um, you know, it's, it's just something that uh, I think every kid growing up in England who plays hockey wants to be a part of. So, you know, it was um, it's good that I, I get to be a part of that. And um, you know, I grew up watching my brother play it. Um, so, obviously, it's something else that, obviously, uh, he did. So, I really wanted to do as well. Cool, cool. And what's what's your sort of fondest memories of, of, of juniors? Um, you know, it's there's been so many. I think just being being able to go to the rink and see my friends and just do what I love was probably uh, some of the greatest memories I had. Uh, you know, um, if we're talking more serious, I think you know, obviously getting to represent GB at a, a national level um, in the juniors, uh, under 18s, under 20s was definitely. I think they're some of the best trips that I've ever been on, and there's something that's just really, really fun to be a part of, and it's an honour as well. Um, and uh, Nick, Nick's a bit more of a plugged into the elite league in me, and in fact is a is a big Steelers fan, so he, he's got a few questions about about your you know get, getting into the uh, the Steelers and things. No, so uh, so Liam, my my background was I was a Steelers season ticket holder with my uh, with my granddad for a number of years, probably from like the the Dave Matsos kind of years onwards for a little while there, um, but kind of grew up similar to you, kind of uh, brought into that kind of hockey environment, and, and the Steelers were a big, big, obviously big part of that. Uh, as as a Sheffield guy myself, and obviously you are as well. Like, what what kind of what kind of impact did that have on you? Obviously, going through the Sheffield Junior system, and then eventually getting to kind of that that Steelers level, and suddenly. You, you're there on the arena ice pad playing against the Panthers in front of eight and a half thousand people. Suddenly, like that must be even even as a 17 year old, it's 18 year old. That must be kind of very early on, kind of a tick on a, a dream complete kind of thing. Yeah, I think you just you said it uh, right there. Like you said it, it's a tick of the dream list. Um, you know, growing up, uh, doing from Sheffield, like you said, it was always a dream of mine to play for the Steelers. You know, I grew up watching them and. They were the team that I always rooted for, so you know, obviously it was something I always dreamed of doing and worked hard towards. So obviously, you know, uh, it came around at a young age, and you know, it was a lot to take in, but it was something that I embraced and uh, and just kind of, you know, just took in my stride and just kept working every day, just so I could make sure that when I actually was you know out there on the ice, I was having an impact and um, you know, trying to just get better and better every day. Because obviously, looking kind of seeing the development of like, I can remember when uh, when I was uh, I was a fan watching there, kind of seeing like Robert Dowd come through from from juniors through from Billigham and then playing obviously for like the the Simmons or the Steel Dogs, whichever one it was at the time, I can't remember. But then kind of coming onto the onto the scene for the Steelers as well, and you kind of saw the the other British players kind of take him under their wing. And would you say that's a similar story for you that I'm guessing the British guys in the, in the team kind of uh, adopt you as, as part of this is, this is how you be a stealer and how you kind of take that attitude to the rink every day kind of thing. Like I'm guessing, I'm guessing that's kind of how it works. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, the older guys, especially the GB players, they were, they were great with us. They, um, because you know, obviously me and Cole signed at the same time and we were coming out of the junior system together so uh, you know they were they were awesome they showed us the way and showed us how to be professionals and you know they were they were very um, you know hard as at times but 
also, you know, there to, uh, to guide us and, and show us the way. So, you know, even the imports as well, they, they were all great as well. I think, you know, a lot of imports probably never experienced that at a pro level, having these young kids come in. Um, and it's probably the first time, like I said, the Steelers have, have done it, bringing two 16-year-olds, all 16 and 18-year-olds at the time, into the organisation. But, um, you know, they were all great with us and really helped us become professionals. And, um, you know, it was a huge step for me. Like, like we said earlier on, always admiring the Steelers as a kid. It's something that you kind of, when you get up there, you're a bit in awe of it. And it takes a takes time to adjust to that. And I could eventually start fighting for a spot, but... No, I definitely enjoyed my time there, and uh, you know Sheffield's my home, and the Steelers are my home team. So um, you know it's it's always awesome when I get to go back and practice and and see some of the guys. Yeah, um, so who who was your your sort of your biggest influences maybe growing up when you were jun- a junior, maybe as just a fan of the Steelers before you got to play for them? Yeah, I used to I used to be a big fan of John Owen Dowdy, obviously, you know. John O been been the captain he was and led them so many trophies and you know Dowdy was you know someone who I looked up to with obviously his style of play he was you know the goal scorer um really offensive minded so uh, you know I kind of looked up to them too and uh, so yeah like I said when you get there and you start playing with them and they become your teammates it's definitely strange but you know now me John me and John O and Dowdy as well we're all pretty close we work out together pretty much all summer so. Uh, you know, now I just see him as, you know, friends for life. Nick, you got anything else on the Steelers? Because you, you're obviously a bit more plugged into the, the history of the Steelers. <laughs> um, no, I, I think it probably leads on to where you're going to go next, Rambo. But it, it's kind of that, um, just just get your thoughts, Liam, on like how it's obviously very rare that we, we have kind of talented youngsters in the UK that are on the, on the radar of uh, like the NHL getting drafted kind of level. Like, in that 2017-18 season, when did it kind of hit home that this this might be something that, that could kind of happen, if you know what I mean, in terms of, was it early on? And, and like, do you kind of get a, an inclination for this as something that might realistically happen? Or is it something that happened quite late on? Or uh, You know, I, I couldn't really pinpoint when it, when it happened. I think the year before, uh, my first full year, I believe, playing with the Steelers, I think yeah. I was... Just turned 17. Um, uh, that summer, I, you know, I had a few calls from from teams in the like in in the Canadian Hockey League, as mainly the Quebec Junior League, that was looking at bringing me over as an import. And you know, I had discussions with Tom Owens about uh, what his plan was going to be for me that season, and he was adamant I was going to play um, at the professional level and get ice time regularly with the Steelers. And obviously, I was still in school at this point, finishing. Um, my levels off and uh, I just thought it'd be best to to get that done and have that back up and get a year under my belt with the Steelers playing regularly so um yeah and then I just remember just um one game Tomo uh said you know it might have been Simsy actually came up to me and just said there's a scout from Buffalo here you know it was a bit kind of a taken back moment that you know the last thing you ever expected a scout from an NHL team to be in you know Sheffield Arena watching me play so um, I think, you know, I think it was a game I got a goal, the first goal, so it was kind of nice. Um, but, yeah, uh, you know, it all was just a whirlwind from there, pretty much. You know, scouts just came to different games, and then next thing I know, I've got an invitation to the Combine. Uh, you know, I'm doing jump tests, you know, two spaces down from Rasmus Darlene, who went first overall that year, so it was pretty pretty crazy for some kid from England to be out there. Uh, I remember there's a couple of funny stories, actually. I remember... Um, 
just at, at breakfast meals, you know, all the prospects are there. Um, just talking to a few guys, figuring out where they're all from, and no one had a clue I was English. They were all just kind of, oh, off your accent, they thought you were Swedish or Finnish. And when I said English, it like, took them back as well. So it's kind of funny when you when you when I look back on it now, but uh, it all happened pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. And before before I go into what I was going to ask next, uh, talk us through the goal on that night, uh, Liam. How, how did you finish it off? Uh, what the goal when the the scout was there? Yeah, when the when the scout was there. Can you can you can you talk us through it? Uh, I, if, I, if it's the game, um, I can't think of it. Whether <laughs> right, whether it was that game or it was the Ingham game, I'm pretty sure it was it was a game against the Panthers. Um, and I remember it went around the board and Fitzy chipped it over the glass. It's told me and Cole and I went club side against the Panthers. And sorry, might not have been the first game, but I remember that game. There was definitely a scout there because Tom told me on the bench. He just said, "Make sure you play good tonight." There's a scout here, and I went club side first shot of the game. So I was pretty, pretty stoked. I think what's impressive about that, Nick, is that he he's taken time to remember the goals he's scored, and whereas I can remember all all three of the ones I've scored <laughs> in recce level. So, <laughs> the, I, th- I think the funny thing is, uh, I was talking to uh, I was talking Rambo yesterday when we were doing some prep for this, and actually I think I might have even been at that game. I don't get down very often because I live in Newcastle now, but um, I actually can remember being at that game. I think the the uni team that I coach and play for were playing kind of at, at Sheffield, probably at like half ten, eleven o'clock graveyard shift face off uh, after the so we all came down to the Steelers game and I can remember people talking about um oh keep an eye out for the, for like Liam Kirk and then I could just remember um these these different scenarios it might not have been that exact goal but I can remember um just so used to like it's a very British thing and a development thing that a lot of the time young kids especially in the elite league don't necessarily get the ice time or don't get the exposure but I can just remember sitting there and watching and you just picked up this puck and flew down the wing and, and roofed this puck top shelf. And uh, I can remember turning to the guy next to me and being like, he, he, it's what he, as advertised, if you know what I mean, in terms of like the, the kids got, um, there's something there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it definitely was a, it was crazy looking back on that. Yeah. You know, the start off, you know, I wasn't getting as much ice time as I thought, but you know, um, like you said, just young British players coming to that league, you don't, they don't really get many opportunities. So, uh, for me, you know, even looking back on it, I didn't get as much as I thought I, I deserved, uh, but just kept working away at it and grinding away. And luckily enough, that the the people there at the right time. So great, great. Now, I was going to ask a bit about the the draft process because I think that's one thing that's maybe a bit alien to to British sports fans in general. Um, you mentioned you knew there was a scout from Buffalo there, but when you're going through the draft day, do you do you sort of know what teams may pick you up and and when you might go in the draft, or, or have you got no idea until it happens? No, I, I had no, I, no idea. Um, to be honest, I had you no. Know, I think most North American kids probably have. Most North American kids that are 12 years old probably have more of an idea about what goes on in the draft and all this stuff. To be honest, you know, I was clueless to it all. Just kind of knew that your name can get called at any point, and then. Well, that's it. <laughs> you go somewhere and something happens. So, um, you know, I just remember just we had a stream on on YouTube, just kind of watching it go by, and you know, there was some websites and different articles that I could have gotten between anywhere from the fourth round to the seventh round. So, you know, when the fourth round comes around, you get a bit more excited and feels like a lifetime waiting for something to happen. And 
I don't know if you heard the story before, but we were on some dodgy YouTube live stream and, you know, a, an advert came on at the end of the sixth round, start of the seventh. And I was just kind of looking at my family like, yeah, it's probably not going to happen at this point. Um, and then before it came back on, I had a text from um, Desi, who played in, in Sheffield with me. Um, and he just said congrats. And I was like, what? What's going on? I'm, like, I'm looking at an advertisement for some Hoover or something right now. Like, what's going on? Uh, and he just said, you've been drafted by Arizona, blah, blah, blah. And then next thing you know, my phone just lights up. There's a piece on me on the on the TV. And yeah, it was just all the world away from there. I was on a flight the next morning to Arizona. So, yeah, you know, it's it's crazy. And, you know, looking back right now, it was all all very hectic and a lot to take in for, for an 18-year-old, especially one that's playing hockey from England. So you were, you were in Sheffield at the time and... Uh... And then you had to fly to Arizona the next day once you once you were selected. Is that is that what you're saying? Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So, so it was like a, I believe it was a Sunday or a Saturday. Um, anyway, you sat there. I believe. Um, yeah, I literally got a phone call from the GM selected. We their development camp starts tomorrow, uh, five o'clock. We're gonna get you on a flight. And originally the flight was gonna go from London, and I was like, there's no way I'm gonna make it to London. So they, they arranged it to Manchester and the next morning I was you know, with some shorts, a t-shirt and my kit back going to Arizona um, not having absolutely zero clue of what lies ahead of me. Um, <laughs> actually, there's another funny story I remember. So I had some like grey Nike Air shorts that had like a pink Nike Air logo down the side, like a, a plain white t-shirt and like a green kind of like lightweight bomber jacket and a baseball cap on some like red and black night trainers and obviously flew all day 10 hour flight or whatever it is to Arizona get off go to the ring come late for this the first dinner meal whatever I remember walking in and there's pretty much like all the hockey operations staff the GM assistant GM all kind of sat there and then there's all the other prospects that have been drafted from the, that year and years before all sat around tables eating and they all kind of look at me and I look at them they've all got like dress pants, dress shoes and polo shirts and I walk in in these shorts and t-shirt and I'm like oh my god I'm so out of my depth like I had no clue what was going on but um, I just I, yeah, I remember that very well and just how embarrassed I was and you know they probably loved it just thinking we'll draft this kid from England and this is what he's come dressed in so <laughs> yeah I think uh, I think you, you were maybe better prepared than Tony Tony Hand that, that went slightly before I remember hearing he took one stick to his uh, his camp that he went to with Edmonton so I hope you had more than one stick with you and you didn't break any uh, <laughs> um, but I was what I was going to ask you and I'm sure Nick really wants to know this is obviously a Yorkshire lad leaving Yorkshire going to Arizona um, got a pack overnight did you pack Yorkshire tea bags to take with you, or or did you think did you think you'd chance a tea over there? I didn't, not to Arizona, um, but when I went to when I moved to Canada to to Peterborough, I definitely <laughs> took a big box of Yorkshire tea bags. <laughs> your uh, your uh, the opinion of your Nick size has just went up uh, tremendously. I can see from his face. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. That's that's the right choice at all times. But, um... But no, like, just honestly, Liam, like, I, I know the, the Steelers have made a big thing about, I can remember the year, obviously, with the with the comeback against Nottingham in the in the playoffs and then obviously beating Belfast and Cardiff in overtime and the 12 Days of Madness or whatever it is. But, like, you could really write a film basically about a whole year of, of your life right there in terms of going through 
start to finish with the Steelers, obviously uh, GB at pretty much every level that you played that year, and then finishing off with obviously the draft and the and the camp as well. Like that must just. I don't think that's so much for some an eighteen year old to go through in uh, in one year. You must have just been all over the place in terms of just you know, soak it up and kind of enjoy the moment. I guess. Uh, yeah, I mean it was it's kind of hard to enjoy it all and uh, you know celebrate or anything like that because it was just all happened so quick, right? Um, literally from getting drafted, going on a flight the next day, and then. Uh, being drafted by Peter Brilliant really Import draft I was in Arizona and then leaving early August to go to Peterborough. Um it was uh, it all happened really quick so, you know. Uh, you know, it's not really till you know, I don't think until the end of my career that I'll have a look back on it and, and just kinda, you know, enjoy it all then. So but I mean it would I wouldn't mind a movie. If someone wanted to make a movie. I wouldn't <laughs> I'd, I'd take it. I don't know who would play me though. Maybe maybe Tom Holland or someone like that. I'll take that. Yeah. Um. So you you mentioned Peterborough there, um, and you were drafted through the import draft for Pe- Peterborough. Was that a did, did was that something you you did you pick to go to the OHL or was that just does that just happen and the, and you end up where you end up sort of thing? Um. I think there is. Yeah. You know, I think there is a lot of people that kind of dictate where they want to go. Um, you know, by just saying to teams they don't they don't want to be there or they won't come if they're drafted, especially in the import draft. But for me, I had a few calls from teams um, who had later on picks. Um, I think the, the call I had from a team that was earlier on in the draft was North Bay, and they were like 25th overall. So um, no, I didn't really have a clue where I was going to go. I knew a few teams of interest in me, and then I think it was literally the day of. Um, of the draft, Tomo called me because obviously he was he's good friends with Willie, uh, who was coaching Peterborough, and he just said they're going to draft you. And then my agent called me and said the same thing. So uh, it wasn't until we were on the ice when the draft happened, I got off and someone said, you know, you went to Peterborough, checked my phone, and you know, there it was. So yeah, uh, you know, I never had much conversation with Peterborough before the draft, but you know, I think it was a really good fit for me in the end. Great. Um... Now, Nick, you, I think you were doing a bit of research on the uh, the coach from, from Peterborough. Do you know a bit about his background? Yeah, because um, obviously Rob Wilson is a, is a well-known uh, well known commodity in the UK for whether it be Newcastle fans or, or Sheffield fans as much as anything else. So, like, do you, has, it, has it helped, Liam, obviously having someone kind of there who, who gets that you're this British kid and kind of where you've come from and what you've had to go through to get to where you are, if you know what I mean? Has, has that been a big... A big help in your time in Peterborough with uh, having having Rob there. Yeah, I think it, it definitely helped. Um, you know, all three coaches, uh, Vern's played in Newcastle and I think he played in Sheffield as well. And then Walls obviously he played uh, and coached in Belfast, so it definitely helped having them coaches that knew of the background where I came from and what the league was like that I was coming from, and that obviously they know there's not a lot of young kids in it that very that play a lot. So you know, I wouldn't say they they were easy on me. They were definitely hard and made me work, but. Uh, obviously, really understand what I was coming from, and was a lot more patient with me uh, when I was struggling early on. So, and and you you're saying struggling earlier on. How how does the sort of OHL stack up against against British hockey? I mean, what would you you know would the Peterborough Peets do quite well in the elite league, or would they be more an NIHL type team? Or I mean, just for comparison's sake. Uh, you know, it's hard to compare. Obviously, it's. It's the best junior league in the world, and you have so many elite players that 
you know, I, I played the guy last year, Nick Robertson, who played for the Leafs in the playoffs. So, you know, the level of it's so high, but the, you know, the experience age isn't so much, if you know what I'm saying. So, I'd say it's definitely a, a lot better than the NHL, but would it would the Steelers beat the Peets in the game? You know, I couldn't really say the experience. Would it beat the speed and skill of the, of the youngsters? You know, it's so hard to say, but I think the levels was really high and it was definitely a step up for me personally because I had to then just from just playing a fourth line, not many minutes role to, to learn the game, playing a, a top line minutes, power play, penalty kill you know, on certain aspects of the game, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's, a, that's a very diplomatic answer as well, saying, you know, we don't know what the score would be in a, in a game against each other. Um, but the uh, that that year as well, your first year in Peterborough, uh, I see 47 points in 63 games, um, which sounds quite handy to me. Uh, 26 penalty minutes um, <laughs> and, a, and a plus six rating. And then you also go and, play in captain GB under twenties and uh, and play in the, the elite group in the world the world championships. What what was the what was the experience and the vibe like playing in the elite group of the world championships with with you know some of the, some of these older guys that you'd played with in the elite league and then coming from the OHL to play in the senior level? Yeah, it was um no it was a really good experience. It was a you know it's, I definitely wanted to start you know, pushing my way into the GB team and um, when I got invited to the camps and stuff, obviously I was super excited, but I wanted to go and prove that I could play um, and show people what I've learned in my, in my one season in the OHL. And, um, you know, I remember I had a pretty good camp, a training camp, and uh, my first warm-up game for and before they pit the final side for GB, I, I got an injury in my first shift. So, um, you know, it could have been easy for Pete and the coaches to turn around and say that they didn't want me and, you know, I'm injured. Uh, you know, my showroom joke, look who's only minor. And they said, you know, if you come back and you fit, we're going to take you. So, uh, you know, I have to give thanks for them for trusting me. And, um, and yeah, you know, it was definitely a good experience. I, you know, I didn't know what, what I was going to get ice time wise that first trip but I started off just as a spare forward and then by the end of it was playing in the last 10 minutes of a of a promotion a promotion game against um, Hungary so you know, I definitely felt like I, I showed Pete what I could do and, and earn their respect so yeah. Nick you got anything from the from the back of that? I don't think so again you've got you've kind of adding on to your, uh, your your accolades of all these fantastic things that have, you've been a part of like take the GB stuff out of it and and the and what the journey that you've been through is is incredible but then to add that you've been part of uh, these other GB experiences which I think every British hockey fan in the UK would say is is kind of a bit of a golden age at the minute of, of kind of what we're going through and what we're experiencing it's it must just be again I think I'm sure you'd probably say it's something that right now might not seem as important but again you can kind of probably in many, many years' time, you'll probably look back on it, I'm guessing, and say, well, again, you were part of that as part of your, your whole career as a as a big picture. Yeah, definitely. Like you said, you know, the, the year I was drafted and had all that stuff uh, happen to me was... Um, i trying to think if I got my times right. Yeah, so it was... Yeah, so the, no, it was the year before I went to Peterborough, right? Almost... <sighs> 
we had a cancellation last year. I'm trying to get my times right. So I, <laughs> yeah, so it was the year before year year before I went to Peterborough. So it was that summer. Uh, I played the Steelers regularly. Went to GB for the first time. We got promotion to the World Championships. Yep. Then I got drafted to NHL. So you know that you know that six months um, that was pretty crazy for me in my career. And then obviously I went to the OHL and then came back the year after and played in the World Championships. So, yeah, like you said that. That time span of what a year, year and a half was just pretty, pretty crazy, and you know something that, like you said, I think when I'm finished, I look back and think, wow, that was, that was, <laughs> that was fun. Yeah, I mean, playing in the so after you went to to Peterborough, I, I think I've got this right. You you would have played in the elite group that year. You after your first yeah, season in Peterborough. Yeah, yeah. So it was my, after my first season in Peterborough, I came back and that that's come to Slovakia for the World Championships. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and and. I know that uh, obviously in some of the games, um, without being disrespectful, GB were on you know were on the wrong end of a couple of drubbins, but I mean that was to be expected. But it looked like from what I saw of, of the World Championships and what we could pick up here that it was a great team atmosphere, regardless of the score in any game. Everyone was given a hundred percent, and it was just great to be a part of. And it, is, it, was that the case, or was it a bit were you a bit down at times because some of the games weren't going your way? Uh. No, I think you got, a, you got it pretty spot on. I think that for us, you know, we had the goal. We had a few games where we, we, we pointed out and said they're the ones we need to, you know, make sure that we try and come out with a result. And obviously, it was, I think it was Denmark was one and France was the other big one. And, you know, obviously Denmark, we, I think we went in that attitude thinking that, you know, here we go, we've been slapped by Canada. We got it close with Germany. Um, you know, we, we, we're going to, it's going to be not a cakewalk, but, We've definitely got a shot compared to everyone else, and you know, Denmark just wiped the floor with us. So that was a big, that was a big eye opener for us. That you know, at this level, you can't point one team out and think you're gonna take a result against them just because they're not as strong as the other sides. You know, each team can come out on top any night. So, but yeah, I think for the for the whole trip, it was just an amazing experience, even though. You know, we, we, we lost however much it was to Canada. I think after the game, we all come off looking at each other thinking this is awesome. You know, we're getting to play against these top calibre of players. Um, but, uh, you know, obviously with, with the France game, that was an important one for us and we wanted to show the world and, and to prove to ourselves as well that we can perform at this level. And obviously uh, we saw the way it went. So Yeah. Um, and what was, the, what was the crowd like in that? when you were in that elite championship? Because I remember there there being a Patrick Kane interview where the British crowd basically took over with a, a Who Are You chant or or something along those lines, which I think Patrick Kane thought was pretty funny. But, um, you know, was it was the crowd back in there? Did you guys realise how much backing you, you had when you were when you were in the elite group? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously my first year was in Hungary and my mum and, my mum and dad came to, to that trip. Um uh, and they couldn't believe it either, just how crazy the GB you know fans are. Uh, you know they follow us around the world, and and they don't stop shouting, screaming for us the whole time, whether we're winning or losing. And it's no, it really is something special to 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 be able to play in front of that and to um to experience them to to um tournaments definitely uh, with the fans is especially something that's that's really special. Um, you know I think by the end of the the trip with the in the elite level, I think we we. I think the British fans and us uh, just just playing and competing, we definitely 
you know, I'm not saying we were favourites, but there was a lot of people that weren't from England definitely out there rooting for us and uh, and enjoying us. So it was, it was good. It was really it was really special. And like I said, I can't can't say enough uh, good things about the the GB fans and you know that they're incredible. Brilliant, brilliant. Uh, Nick, have you got, got anything anything else or move on to year two of Peterborough? I don't I don't think so. Um, obviously, just <laughs> I'm guessing. You uh, you'd just be a little bit upset that it was cut short by what obviously we're now dealing with, or hopefully the back end of this pandemic and the rest of it. But that must have been pretty crazy. Um, well, speak, speaking from personal experience of, of being in the UK and dealing with it, but can't imagine what it was like. Obviously, being across, across the Atlantic in uh, away from home in Canada, and suddenly this this pandemic kind of hits. Like how? How how much of a crazy time in addition to in addition to everything else that's gone on was that? Yeah, it was it was definitely a bit of a whirlwind. And like I said, it happened really quick. You know, um, we'll get into the back end of a, a regular season. Uh, you know, we're, we've made a few trades and we're ready to push for a for a playoff. You know, a big playoff push. We we had such a good group that year. We were so close. We you know we were all like brothers. Um, you know, all we ever wanted to do was be at the rink with each other, just hanging out. Here, um, and we truly believe we were going to go far and um, win an OHL championship. And you know, just in, in the space of maybe a day, two days, you're looking on the news and everything's closing down, and you have no clue what's going on. I remember we, we had a pre-game skate that day, which is telling us the game's going to go uh, two hours or so before we're the ring. We get a call saying we need to come to the ring for a meeting. Uh, season's been delayed two weeks. Three days after that, I'm getting told I gotta go home. Uh, you know, it's not looking good. And you know, here we are, a year still, still on the, uh, still not out of, out of this whole crazy, uh, COVID experience, I guess you can say, or crisis. So, um, yeah, it's definitely, um, it was tough to, to swallow. Um, it's you know. Uh, it's just one of the things that I think you know. There's a lot of people that have been in my situation um, that you know we've just got to deal with and overcome. You obviously you're pay- playing with Peterborough, and I, I mean there's guys that are playing, you know, that are drafted to Toronto and and all different places. Is do you think about that when you're when you're with the team, or is that not something that anyone really considers, and they just get on with playing together? Uh, no, it's de- it definitely is. It is there. Uh, you know, I think. I wouldn't say it's, uh, you know, it's hard to say, you know, the league's a development league and for the NHL and, you know, even that you're a team and you're pushing for one goal, everyone still has their own agenda that they're trying to get to the next level. And I think when I first got there, I didn't really, you know, I wasn't, I, I came from playing at the Steelers where everything's team, 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 you know, players have been through that and they're just trying to win championships at the place they're at. Whereas, you know, you come to a place where it's kind of a, dog eat dog world but you're still a team of brothers at the same time it's it's definitely a strange experience and one I had to adjust to but you know even though you're, you're fighting every night to win a game you're also trying to prove to scouts and, and the organisation that drafted you that you were of an NHL entry level contract but I don't think at any point it ever affected my relationship with any of my team it's you know they're, they're all like brothers to me and I'm I still Keep in touch with a lot of them to this day. So, um, you know, I'm, I made best friends for life from from that. So, uh, but no, there def- definitely is um, a bit of competition. Um, and I think that's for every team in any junior league. Yeah, 
Yeah, and um, you you got the you got the assistant captain role that year. That was kind of a big deal, obviously being sort of somebody that's come from the background of playing in the elite league and things, and maybe not went through the same systems. To, um, how how did you feel about taking that role on? Yeah, it was definitely uh, you know takes me back. Look at look at it now. It's definitely a really proud moment for me. Uh, you know, me and my brother talked about this a lot. We grew up playing the NHL games. Uh, on our Xboxes and playing as OHL teams when you start to be a pro career and to, you know to just to play on one was you know, just a proud moment and then to, to, to be an alternate captain in the year after was definitely even more special and something that you know I definitely have a lot of pride uh, about um, just to know that the coaches trust me with that and they saw me as a leader and that's something that I've always I've always been uh, especially in hockey I've always been a leader and tried to leave with with my play on the ice and um, yeah, and to be rewarded with the with the alternate that year was definitely something special, especially because you know we had we had a really old group that year. I don't know, how you know, it works in juniors, but you know teams have years where they're really old or they've got a lot of young guys. So we had a really old team that year, so there was a lot of leaders on that team, and to be chosen as an alternate was definitely um, something I was really proud of for sure. Awesome, awesome. And uh, in your be a pro mode, were you were you a Peter Burr Pete or? <laughs> uh, you know, I I can't really remember. I think it varied on um, whoever <laughs> went first overall that year. In you know, some years I was Halifax, some years I was Erie. Obviously with McDavid, he went. He was playing there. So yeah, like I said, we we played it, but you still don't know that much about it until you're over there. So yeah, yeah. Um, and then obviously COVID cut cut the OHL season short. Um, and then you were you obviously had some time off, and then you went to play in Sweden for a bit. So what what was that experience like? How did you get the call up to go and play? Is it I'm going to pronounce the song? Is it Hanhals in in Sweden? Yeah, Hanhals. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's um, it was definitely just a, a it's been a crazy year. I think everyone knows that. And you know, for me, uh, I was been you know relying on the OHL going and. Um, you know, from the conversation I've had with Arizona, they um they wanted me to play in the OHL and and have another year there and trying to earn that entry level contract. So you know, as far as I was con- being concerned, you know, playing in the OHL is the the best thing for me. But obviously, there was a lot of delays with COVID and there's people playing uh, hockey in Sweden. They were pretty much just carried on throughout it all. So you know, I saw a lot of guys from North America going over, and you know, it was just looking like well, maybe it's time I just go and get some ice under my belt and and then prepare for the OHL at a later stage. So that was just kind of the whole whole you know situation and and just kind of the way we went about the the move pretty much. Nick, you got anything on Sweden? Don't think so. It just just sounds like uh, again another another chapter to add to the story of uh, must be that's, that's you've now had the the English way of the English way of how our systems and how our game plans out. You've obviously then had the exposure of the OHL and the and the camp. Why not? Why not throw in a little bit of Sweden there as well? So uh. <laughs> yeah, um, and uh, was it? I mean, stylistically, was was Sweden massively different from what you'd played before, or was it was it quite similar? Uh, it's it's tough to judge. Obviously, I was playing the third tier league in Sweden. Obviously, I wanted to be playing at higher level, but not many higher teams were taking loans. Um, uh, they wanted kind of full commitments, or if they were taking loads, you know, it was signed first round NHL prospects. They're obviously gonna 
have more of an impact on their team and uh, in the side of things in the, in the social media and all that stuff. So, you know, it was a it, it was a fast level. I think everyone in Sweden's an extremely good skater uh, and can play at speed, but uh, there's, there's a different side of the game, uh, which obviously the mental side and the and the system side of it. And I think that was lacking a little bit over uh, in that third division. So. And then uh, and then you find yourself back uh, back in Sheffield again playing for the Steel Dogs. And what was it like you know, catching up with maybe some play- faces you played for before and you know. And, and all that sort of thing. Yeah, it's been it's been really nice. You know, I can't can't lie. It's obviously wasn't something that I had planned uh, to be back playing in England so soon. But um, you know, like I said, the the goal's always been to kind of play at the highest level. And obviously, the OHL was is what I kind of needed. Um, so this was just kind of perfect somewhere to play. It's, you know, it's local, and you know, I was first concerned about the level and. and how good it will be and the speed, but there was a lot of elite guys uh, and GB players that uh, were involved. And from what I could tell, it you know it was looking like it's going to be, and it is. It's it's a, it's a pretty good level. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not I'm not stupid to it. It's not sort of the same as the elite league or or the OHL, but it's it's definitely better than uh, the NHL uh, was uh, before all these elite league players. Um, came and obviously joined in and that's nothing against the, any of the players in the NHL it's just uh, you know that's just the, the reality of it and um, you know it, it's been really good just playing with all these people that uh, you know I grew up training alongside I played with a lot of the Steel Dogs when I was 16 and it's nice to just come back and you know, get to skate with them every now and then but to get to be on a team with them and kind of show off some of the stuff that I've learned and just get to catch up with them uh, it's definitely really fun and something that I've thoroughly enjoyed so far so cool cool um Nick, have you you got any questions about the Steel Dogs or anything like that? Well, I was gonna I was gonna say, Liam, I'm I'm guessing they're uh, not too disappointed about all these new tricks that you've learned, given how in these first couple of weeks of the uh, the return to play, you've uh, obviously been the hot hand really, and uh, uh, seem to be enjoy, enjoying your hockey and certainly being back. So I know uh, I'm guessing Ali and the Ali and the team at the Steel Dogs must be pretty happy to have you. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, I'm just trying, you know, I'm just, I'm not trying to come out there and do anything, you know, super special, or try and be a hero. I've just, you know, just putting in place and stuff I've learned over the past two years and even the past year, you know, I, I feel like a completely different player to, to what I was even after the first year I came back from, from playing in the OHL. Um, you know, I feel like I'm just a lot more confident in myself. You know, I put on um, some weight in my soul and just, just feel like I, just, just feel like a completely different player, really. So, you know, just to be able to show that people I played with a few years ago and obviously let the fans see that's just, um, you know, it's definitely special. And you know, I just want to keep going, just playing the same way I am right now. And just, you know, glad that it keeps bringing success for, for the Steel Dogs and we keep winning games. That's the, the main thing. Um, yeah. And just, you know, obviously there'll, there'll be some people listening to us and if they're, you know, BHA, they're playing in the BHA, they're probably not going to, to make, play at the dizzying heights that you, that you have already in your young career, but what, what is the what is the main thing you sort of focused on, you know, skill wise or mentally in hockey that you think's helped you succeed? Uh, there's so many aspects of the game. I think you know it's so hard to pinpoint one thing, but I think that you know my biggest assets definitely 
my skating side of the game and I, I try and improve on that every year. The game gets faster every year and uh, you know people become a lot quicker. So I think I just try and try and use that to to my advantage that you know I'm quite fast off the start and just kind of want to just keep making my skating better. Uh, you know, having better skating helps me handle the puck a little better. Keeps you know keeps the opposing players away by using my speed. So. But I think the game is just, like I said, a lot quicker in the speed sense. You know, you mean you have to make plays a lot faster as well. So uh, just mentally as well, just making sure that I can make plays. Um, you know, two or three seconds in front of other people is definitely going to give me a huge advantage. Well, by mentioning skating, you've just made Mama Gray very proud. Um, and my mum's a figure skating coach, so she always talks about skating as the as the most important thing. Um, but... Uh, do you think the game, like since you've played in the OHL, you you now come back. You do. Do you think the game in the UK slowed down a little bit for you, and you're seeing the ice a bit better? Um, I mean, obviously eight goals in four games, you're doing something right. But is is the vision now improved a lot, and you didn't maybe realise until you came back and sort of tried your hand in the in the UK again? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I, it's a completely different game to the OHL. The ice is a lot bigger. Um, you know, you're not playing against people. Um, your own age that uh, you know it, you know being real in the OHL I'm not the most skilled player compared to some of them elite guys that are out there you know the, the first round prospects and draft picks so um, like I said when I'm over there I'm, I'm not the guy that's always putting up eight goals in the first four games of the season I'm out there just trying to work hard and, and just get better every day so yeah it's definitely nice to, to come back and, and just kind of like you said just see how much I've learned um, and see that how my skills have developed first hand for myself and put it up against what I used to play at and the player I used to be back then so uh, yeah it definitely is um, you know, it's really cool to, to have this like, opportunity um, uh, yeah like you said it's just nice <laughs> don't really have to, have to you know, carry it on really it's just like you said you, you get to come back and play against people that you played at when you were 16 and you kind of compare yourself like you said right Cool, cool. And uh, Nick, Nick, I think, uh, do you have any questions on the back of that? Or you had a, a question you wanted to ask, uh, Liam? Uh, I don't think so. I think, um, obviously, I, I don't know where you're going next, but obviously, moving forward, there's not really much more to talk about, is there, in terms of if we all had a crystal ball, we'd, we'd know when things are going to open up again and where, where the future holds. But I think um, one of the things, just switching topics, was... Um, just uh, we were we were going to probably ask you about kind of off the ice in terms of um, obviously a lot of people have now got to know Liam Kirk on the ice and, and what you can do and your and your skills and what you can produce. But um, what's what's kind of uh, what's kind of your favourite things to do off the ice in terms of whether that's when you're you know in Peterborough chilling out with the kind of the boys and as part of the team or whatever it might be as that daily life or or what's what's lockdown Liam like in uh, in Sheffield. Uh, lockdown life's not really fun at all, to be honest. But um, you know, my favorite things to do really when I'm off the ice is well now now I'm home is obviously I can't do it. Can only really go on a walk. Um, it's just spend time with my girlfriend Alicia. Um, you know, I don't get to see her a lot of time when I'm over in Canada, so it's nice to um, be back. And obviously, it's not how we'd like to be able to spend it with with the restrictions and stuff. But yeah, it's nice to just spend time with her. But other than that, you know, I used to play. In Canada, I play Xbox a lot. Spend time with with my billet family. Um, you know, we do a few activities. We you know either go for coffees or you know all of the family we go to you know bowling. Just little things like that. Or like like you said, one with the guys, we just hang out. 
I go grab breakfast or lunch pretty much most most days. So yeah, just anything just to keep keep busy really. I don't know. Uh, I used to be a gamer and play a lot, but uh, I think since lockdown, when you do it so much, it kind of gets boring, right? So we don't do it so much anymore. Yeah, I think I think you you're probably right. Lockdown life is not is not that fun. It's not all it's cracked up to be. No, uh, no, definitely not. <laughs> um, uh, Dave, uh, age two from Bristol, we we joke he's our producer, but Dave, uh, <laughs> uh, Dave wanted to ask if um, w- who has the better service stations, Canada or, or or the UK, and and which is your favourite and why? Uh, uh, I'm trying to think. We we never really. I mean, early on this, this past season in Peterborough, we did stop a lot because we, we spent the first however many weeks on the road. Um, and there was some pretty good service stations. So I'd probably say Canada. Just, I think they just have way more variety, um, especially, I mean, I got fresh in my mind. We stopped at Torrington on the way to to the game yesterday in, in um, London and pretty much everything was closed apart from a Burger King and a Costa. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> You know, there's not much variety, or you're paying six pounds for a sandwich from W. H. Smith. So I'd probably say Canada's definitely got the the best of the two. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, were you quite okay switching, uh, you know, Costa for uh, Tim Hortons when you when you went to Canada? Were you quite happy with that that upgrade? Yeah, well, I mean, when I'm when I'm back when I'm in England anyway, I don't really drink Costa. It's usually I'm more of a Starbucks guy, so they have that in Canada. But um, Timmy's is for the price you know you can't really go wrong it's pretty cheap one dollar something for for a coffee you can't really complain nice nice and uh what um what what's your what's your your drink of choice at timmy's because we now have one in dunfermline which isn't too far from me so uh I, i'm a frozen maple latte guy which is probably why i'm you know twice the bmi of you at least and <laughs> <laughs> what, what what coffee do you normally go for in tim hortons uh you know I, I, you know, I've probably changed recently. I used to be a double double guy. I used to like my sugar in my tea or my coffee, but recently my girlfriend's kind of kicked me off of the the sugar. She kind of slowly. I mean, I didn't really know, but she started putting less and less sugar in my tea as years <laughs> went on. So I'm pretty much down to pretty much half a sugar now in my tea. So um, I've probably changed now, but it used to be a double double. So I mean, probably just a, a, like a single cream, single sugar now, but. Cool, cool. Um, I think we've got one, one more sort of more serious question and a couple of light-hearted ones. Uh, one, one of the things I think Nick actually, you came up with this question, um, and I was trying to lead you to it, but maybe, maybe you forgot. Um, do, do you, I mean, how do you sort of cope now, going from you know being, you know, through the Sheffield Junior system to sort of a guy that everyone in UK hockey pretty much knows? Um, is is does it affect you at all, or do, are you not even really aware of it? Uh, no, no, I, I'm definitely aware of it. You know, growing up, I always wanted to be the best at anything I did, so it's always been a, a goal of mine to be to oh, you know, I want to be at the end of my career known as the best British hockey player to play. Uh, you know, I think I've said that before. That's kind of you know, I really want that to be my goal. And when people you know in years to come talk about hockey players, you know, I want my name to be the first that comes up, especially in England. So uh, obviously, I'm aware of the you know, in the past few years have brought on a lot more public attention. It's just something you have to learn and, and embrace. And, you know, I do, you know, I enjoy the idea of building the brand. So, uh, you know, any chance I really get to do an interview, you know, I'm all for it. Um, and like I said, the fans also, you know, they love to know what's going on and not being nosy. I mean, some people can be nosy, but, uh, you know, they want to know what's going on. And, and uh, you know, the players, they, they love to watch us live. So, 
you know, any chance I can to give them a little insight. You know, it's it's nice to give back. Yeah, yeah. And then before you came on here, I suppose, were, were you aware that we had a British Universities Ice Hockey Association or is this the, the first you'd heard of it? No, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm aware of that. I think you, you guys, I assume, organise the GB University trips and all, all that stuff. Uh, I mean, I have a few... Yeah, I mean, there's a few guys I played with that have, have gone on them trips. So, um, uh, yeah, of course, I'm aware of it pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, cool. Uh, I just, I just, I just sort of wondered because uh, it's interesting sometimes that some of the people we've had on who may be involved in the, you know, even NHL teams and things maybe aren't quite as aware. Like they may be aware that uni hockey exists, but they're not sort of aware that we have like you know fifteen hundred members or whatever. So it's it's uh, it's interesting always to find out what people people know about us. But um, so Nick, have you got any have you got any more sort of light hearted questions? I've got a couple, but I'll um, I don't think so. I I think the other the other light hearted questions I was got was probably going to be uh probably Steelers slash Panthers related, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put Liam on the spot by asking him would he would he rather for some of the questions. So. Uh, I'll, I think I'll leave those alone, Rambo. <laughs> I mean, my my answer is probably really obvious to most of them, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, which is which is equally why I don't want you to don't want to put you on the spot given the given the answer, which uh, probably is already in my head. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as a guy who grew up following uh, Murrayfield to their demise and then into the formation of the Capitals, um, whenever Nottingham and Cardiff play. Um, I hope they both lose. So that that's it. that sums up my sentiment on the on the elite league teams as far as I see. It. Um, and in terms of uh, in terms of sort of uh, things coming out, Liam, are you, are you quite looking forward to the the new uh, the new Mighty Ducks coming out on the, on Disney Plus? I was I was what your thoughts on it. Nick and I are going to review them all as they come out week to week. So I was just wondering if you if you were looking forward to the to coming out. Uh... A, a little bit. I think you know, The Mighty Ducks is such a good film. You know, such a three good films. That, you know, sometimes when they when they revisit stuff, it's not what you expect, and it can be quite disappointing. So, uh, I, I probably will watch it, but especially being a being a hockey player as well. Especially, you know, I'm pretty serious when it when it comes to my hockey. That certain things in in the movie that or the shows that won't be realistic might start annoying me a little bit but we'll see but I'm, I'm pretty into my marvel right now i've always been a marvel guy so wonder vision's kind of my my watch right now i hope like just dying for the final episode to come out so that's kind of my guilty pleasure i suppose is my marvel i love my marvel brilliant um i mean uh i think i think you you're, you're fair there in saying that when they revisit things it's not always as as good um as the, as the original uh was but I guess I'm kind of excited just because we've been locked down so long that something new about hockey might be. Yeah. Fun. <laughs> um, but what what is your what is your favourite hockey film? Uh, uh, yeah, I'm hard to say actually. You know, the, they're all pretty. I don't think there is a bad hockey film. I'm being honest. So that's say Miracles, obviously a, a classic. So is Mystery Alaska, and so is the the Mighty Dogs, and obviously. Our goons completely polar opposite of their movies, which are a bit more fun and inspiring. But you know, if I if I was gonna have to choose, I'd probably go with Mystery Alaska, just because of the you know when they when their players come down that little downhill slope onto the ice, it's kind of cool, and it'd be pretty cool to do that. 
Yeah, I enjoyed Mystery Alaska. I, I think mine is probably still Youngblood. Um, I, I don't oh, know yeah. why. It's classic. just a classic <laughs> film. Uh, a, a bit about junior hockey, but I'm sure, sure it's completely inaccurate. I'm sure there's nowhere with wire mesh, um, certainly <laughs> anymore. <laughs> players playing. Um, and uh, and also one of the things that a lot of people I'm quite big on my music and I like to listen to music before I play hockey or before I do any kind of sport or anything. Uh, what, what's your sort of your sort of go to tracks for for like psyching up for a game or a practice? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty pretty much a hip hop guy, kind of you know, you Drake, Juice World, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I'm. Um, uh, you know, Killeroy, just any kind of you know R and B, hip hop kind of me right now. That's I mean I've pretty much always been like that. So uh, that's usually my go-to before any kind of practice or game. Yeah. Yeah, you can tell the kids that missed the nineties. They never mentioned the prodigy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Nick, have you got have you got any more? Uh, you got any other light-hearted questions for William? I don't think so. You, Con Rambo, you've always got some light, light-hearted nonsense. Well, that that well, I, I, I suppose the last and the, the most important, uh, the most important question is: Are you a cat or a dog, man? <laughs> you know, it's it's hard because you know I I have a cat. Um, uh, my girlfriend Alicia, she she loves cats. Like <laughs> it's her favorite thing in the world is is cats. But I also love dogs. So I you know I really can't say. <laughs> um, we, we obviously really sure we've discussed this and we pretty much come to the conclusion that if we had one we'd have to have the other so uh, I can't really make a decision and you know I have one in my head but if I said it I don't think it would go it'd sit well with, with her so <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, what, one other thing I suppose is when when you've been abroad and, and not in the UK as a, what's the, the one thing you've sort of missed the most about the UK I mean, obviously your family and stuff is quite important, but like in terms of sort of stuff you get in the UK, you maybe don't get abroad. What, what what's the one thing you miss the most? Uh, I think just I miss I miss my car definitely. I miss being able to just have my car and and drive around and just have that freedom. Um, I I think probably I mean the food is not that much different, and especially in Peterborough, my village, they you know they they're amazing and they do a pretty good job at. Has a pretty good job. They do a pretty excellent job at making some some English dishes. So um, you know they pretty much got Yorkshire puddings down to a C. So but I think I, I do miss my uh, my mum's homemade cooking. She makes a pretty good homemade uh, burger. Calls it a Mo burger. Her name's Maureen. Uh, we like Mo for short, so she has her own burger. Um, so I, I I do miss that because she does make a good a good burger. So cool, cool. And is, is that the sort of stuff that you know? After a, a double header uh, on the road with the, with the Peterborough guys, you'd be you'd be opting for a burger or a pizza or what, what, what's the normal chat there when you when you've been on the road? Yeah, I mean after games in the hotel, I, mean, I don't know if it is for other teams, but we we get pretty much pizza or burgers or some sort of chicken wrap. So it's not always the healthiest after games. So after after the like first ten or fifteen road games you kinda of get sick of having a pizza on the bus because it smells as well. It's just a sweaty bus and just you know, greasy pizzas lying around everywhere. So uh but that's usually what we get, so Nice, nice. Um Cool. Uh Nick, have you got any uh, anything else? Well, I don't know. I think just before you wrap up, I know you talked Liam about obviously uh you're you're big on your brand. I think there's a 
obviously when you uh, inevitably do make it even bigger than you are now, I think uh, you need to be getting someone to uh, contact Yorkshire Tea because I think uh, Yorkshire Tea needs a new ad campaign and a new spokes- spokesperson, put it that way. I, I'd agree. I would happily uh, represent Yorkshire Tea with pride. So if anyone from Yorkshire Tea is listening to this and would like to sponsor me, free tea bags for life, I am all in. See, you don't even have to pay them cash money. You just need to give them free tea bags. Just tea bags. <laughs> um, on on that note, Liam, I, I I don't want to keep you too long. I hope you have enjoyed your your sort of time on that. Oh, he's gone. <laughs> I think I don't know. Hello, he's gone. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's back. I don't know what I don't know what happened then. He just, just turned off. <laughs> It was quite funny because I was saying I was just saying I don't want to keep you too long and then it just came up you've left. Yeah, it just uh, just turned off. I was like I don't know what's going on. You stopped talking. <laughs> I was panicking. That's uh, all right. Um, I was just going to say I don't want to keep you too long. Um, but uh, just um, if if you know Liam Kirk, we want to do this branding thing. Nick's giving me an idea. If you were to if you were to brand your own beer, um, for the BIHA folks, what what, what would the Liam Kirk uh, beer experience be? Would it be an IPA or a lager or or do you not drink that much beer? And I'm just asking uh, a completely pointless question. <laughs> I mean, I probably wouldn't be anything, or I think probably just anything similar to a Corona. You'd have to probably just have something where you have to put a lime in a bottle and drink it, pretty much. That's my go-to <laughs> beer as a Corona. So. Fair enough. Kind of not, not the best thing to say with a certain, certain um, situation we're in, but <laughs> Corona's my favourite beer, so... <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Oh, they could rebrand it, the Liam Kirk, since Corona's probably not great branded at the Exactly, moment. it's not a great, you know, selling point. So if they want to rename it, then I'm all ears again. <laughs> um, brilliant. Um, Liam, before, before, we, uh, before we let you go, I, I don't want to keep you too long, and hopefully you'll not just leave this time. Um, <laughs> I, do, do you want to give anyone a shout-out, and that way we can you can kind of blackmail them into listening uh, to our, our humble podcast? Uh, I mean, I'm trying to think. Really, obviously, I think I've spoke spoken about my girlfriend enough. I just obviously just a new shout out to my family in England. They've been great. Uh, we supported me throughout this, and uh, obviously my family uh, in Peterborough as well. My billets. Just hoping that they are well and staying safe. And I mean, I keep in contact with them most weeks, but uh, just hopefully it'd be nice to see them soon. And uh, I think I probably. I'll give a shout out to um, Mark QK Leaf and Caitlin Berry because they're the ones that I see keep seeing the, uh, them with my name on Twitter, including me in their podcast pretty much every week. So I'll just give them a big shout out. I'm sure they'll be pleased by that. Okay, and uh, well, whilst we're on Nick, I suppose we we got to give a big shout out to uh, to Ali Cree for for setting us up with this this opportunity to to interview Liam. Yes, Cree time. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm sure I'm sure Ali will furnish you with many orders when we get back on nice, so it'll all be sorted out eventually. <laughs> um, so Liam, I hope you've in, you've enjoyed your your time on the podcast, and uh, it's been it's not been too tedious or anything for you. No, no, it's been good. It's been good. It's been really nice. Have a, as I'm sure the situation's going on. Just have a nice light load. Chat's always good fun. So thank you for having me on. It's been, it's been a pleasure. Uh, no worries and well done for keeping up with my Scottish accent. It, t- it took me for a while. Uh, oh, still getting there now. <laughs> so um, thanks to everyone for listening. Um, it's been great having Liam on, and a massive thank you to him and uh, for for giving up his time. 
Um, and uh, so all that's left to say is that's a goodbye from me. And a goodbye from me. <laughs>